This morning, I want to share with you a message about the resurrection, the yes and the amen. We just we don't just celebrate the resurrection as a holiday or a special day of remembrance. We declare the resurrection power. We manifest what that resurrection did over 2,000 years ago in our words, in our prayers. We bring it to bear to a world that needs the power of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. And so the resurrection is God shouting from heaven, yes, yes, and the church declaring Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Come on, give me a better. They are what? In Christ Jesus. So through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. There is a yes that was declared from heaven when Jesus Christ gave his life on that cross. The yes, the acceptance of Christ's sacrifice was the resurrection. It says this, that Jesus rose from the dead and that was the promise of the Father. It says in Romans 1.4, and Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. So no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, that was the Father saying, every promise is now fulfilled, every work of the law is now complete, the righteousness is now found, the sacrifice has now been made, yes! And that yes exploded the stone from in front of his grave. It raised Jesus from the dead, and it broke the power of sin and death. It's the yes! of Easter morning. Amen? And the yes is this. All of my promises are now yours. We now have access to every promise God has ever made. The yes is there. You know, I I wondered how many promises is that? No matter how many promises God has made. And one man, uh, his name was Everett Storms, he, he counted through all the Old Testament promise, promises and he came up with 7,487 promises. How many have you used? You keep a wallet in your back pocket and it's got credit on it, doesn't it? Hopefully it works. If not, try this one. <laughs> You've been there and done that? I'm sorry, okay, people are waiting in line. Then try this one. (laughs) You have one credit card in your wallet of God, and it says yes in Christ Jesus. The promises are full. The bank is full for your inheritance to receive from God. The credit check has been made. The balance is in his name, and it is yes to you. It is yes 7,487 promises of yes. We can go through them through the Old Testament and try to find each one. They're given to a covenant people who were unfaithful. They were given to a covenant people who failed God at every turn. Just like you and I have. That didn't stop his promises. But you know what? They couldn't be fulfilled in the Old Testament. 
because there was no one who was righteous, no one who fulfilled the law to enact them. There had to be a death. In order to get your inheritance, there has to be a death. God was writing his will and testament throughout the entire Old Testament. Devil wasn't worried about it because he knew no one could fulfill it. Until, until one day, one who walked to the cross, if the rulers understood what they were doing, they would not have crucified him. And we're talking about the rulers, not of just the uh, government of Rome. We're talking about principalities, powers, and authorities. If they understood what Jesus was about to do, they would have never crucified him. But he came, the perfect one, the spotless one, the sinless one. And as he hung on the cross, and as he, the perfect spotless lamb, was sacrificed for our sin to fulfill the righteousness of the law to perfection, Jesus said, it is finished dead and buried he commended his spirit to the father his body was put in a grave and after three days God said yes yes it is finished and he rose from the dead and every promise of God was given to us by that resurrection power. Well, what are the promises for? Why did God extend promises to his covenant people, whom we are now part of that covenant? It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, this is the point of the promises, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, to prosper you, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. If you're without hope this morning, I can give you 7,000 promises that will fulfill your hope your need, your desires, for your own welfare and well-being. God has a future for you. Sometimes you get in places where you can't see the future. You can't see beyond another day. But the Lord has promises that will get you out. There is always a way of escape through Jesus Christ. He's our yes this morning. He's our amen. So what does this yes mean? Peter put it this way, God has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, through what? Those promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. All right, stop there. Let's spend the next year trying to figure that out. Partakers of the divine nature. Do you understand? To partake? What does it mean to partake of something? It means to indulge, take it, eat, have it. Come, the Lord invites you. Come and dine. The Master's calling. Come and dine. Come and eat freely. Come and drink freely of all that He has prepared for us. He made all these promises. Who did He make them for? Us. Who was He promising? Us. He wasn't promising this to somebody else. It was to his covenant people. He made all these promises. Why would he make them? Because they're provisions that we're going to need in life. That we need to partake in and call in. And it's not a provision for a bigger car, a nicer house. I mean, come on. That, that feeds your flesh. He, he, what's he talking about? A partaker of his nature. 
When I can't get past what this world has heaped on me, I need something divine. I need a divine intervention. I partake of the promises which connect me to His divine nature. In fact, He put His nature in us. I mean, I, it would have been enough, Dayanu, it would have been enough if He let us taste that nature now and then. If in a prayer He'd say, okay, touch my hand, and then take it back, I'd, I'd say, thank you, God. But more than that, he said, here I am. I'm coming to dwell in you always. Therefore, every promise is yours and available to you. These great and precious promises were granted to us so that through them we would partake in his nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in this world because of sinful desire. I walk with God and his promises. Do you just pull them out whenever you need one? Or do you walk in God's divine blessing and attitude? Amen? Now this has gotten warped through the Western and American mindset because our God is prosperity and self. And so we've taken these promises of the gospel and we've changed them into, I need more of this, I need better of that, I need more cash in my wallet. We've turned it into the things that are so cheap of silver and gold. But I like what Peter said to the man who was desperate for a divine touch. Do you have any alms? Do you have any cash for me? As he sat at the gate, beautiful. Peter being a preacher said, I got nothing. Silver and gold have I none. Now, what he should have said was this, if you'll tithe to me and send me money, then I'll give you a blessing from God. If you get on my mailing list, buy my CD of my last three teachings, seven ways to be healed at the gate beautiful, no money, charge it. No, you know what? You shouldn't be asking for alms. You should be asking for a chariot. You should be asking for something that would drive you around town. You should be asking for three hot meals of steak and spaghetti every day. What have we turned this into? What have we turned this into? Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have that. Guess what? I don't need it. What I have, I give to you in the name, there it is, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. 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 Now guess what? That man rose up and walked and he had to get a job and he had to get a house and he had to uh, work for the rest of his life and he had to develop a, a life that was consistent with the gospel and give his heart to the Lord, but he had to live a normal life the rest of everybody else does. This promises gives us the partaking of his divine nature so that we would spread that nature to everybody in need, not turn it into something cheap like silver and gold. Yes, God will give us finance when we need finance, but what does it mean? It says this, that we've gotten, no matter how many promises have been made, they are yes in Christ Jesus, and so through Him, Jesus, the amen is spoken by us. See, there's got to be an agreement here. There's got to be an agreement with the will of God. The amen is spoken by us. 
Amen is a word that means so be it. Let it be done. So all the promises from God's perspective are yes, green light, go. Because they were through Christ they were accomplished. So whatsoever we ask in his name. So through Jesus, the so be it, the confirmation, the agreement is spoken by us. Who's the us? The church. The yes resurrection, the power of the resurrection is spoken by us. The amen of all of God's promises are spoken by us. We're the stewards of these promises because we carry his nature in us. Isn't that awesome? Right? How, you, how many of you have seen ATMs? All over, right? Because you need cash. You don't have to go to a bank. You can go to an ATM. You are all ATMs of the promises of God. You need a sign in front of your head. ATM for the promises of God. At this moment, I can pray for you. ATM. That's what we bring. That's what we bear. The promises of God. By what power? The resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And we are stewards of the promises of God. And how do you know that? Because I say amen to the promise of God. I agree with you. But here's the thing. What does it mean? Does it mean that we can get whatever we want when we want? I don't know about you, but that hasn't worked for me. There's been a lot of things I wanted I didn't get. In fact, I remember growing up when my mother would take me to the store. There were a lot of things I wanted that I didn't get. Candy at the checkout line. Devil always puts candy at the checkout line, doesn't he? Father's saying, you're praying and that's what you're asking for? Another Snickers bar? Forget it. I've got something better for you. How many of us would be satisfied with, with an answer that was better than what we asked for? And that's what Paul says. That he gives above what we could ask or even imagine. By the power that's at work with us, within us. That resurrection power, that nature. What are we amening, amening to? It's spoken by us to what? The glory of God. The yes and the promises is so that the glory of God would be exposed in your life and demonstrated in your life. And again, we've turned it into prosperity. But the true prosperity is life in Christ. The greatest prosperity you could have is love, joy, peace, mercy, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, the very fruit of His nature. That's what gives glory to God. But again, we've, we've made it into all these promises is to more prosperity. You know, God will give you prosperity if you can handle it. Most people can't handle prosperity. Prosperity is for the mature. But most people who are given prosperity can't handle it. They fail it. And really, if all the promises of God were just to make your life more prosperous and better in material things, then drug dealers and mafia are really blessed. Athletes, 
and singers, pop stars, aren't they so blessed of God? In fact, I hear that at the awards. After they get done singing filthy songs, I just want to thank God. I just want to thank Jesus. For what? But we, we fall into line and think, oh, well, they have so much. God bless them. That is not what we need. We don't need the sweets of this world. We need the heart of the Father who pours out His promises for us that we would prosper in Him and grow strong in the Lord. St. Teresa of Lisieux said this, God gives me whatever I want because I want whatever He gives. That takes a few minutes to think through. God gives me whatever I want because I want whatever He gives. See, what I am asking for is to the glory of God. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in my name shall be given to you. The key to that verse is, in my name. We just think, if I put Jesus on the end of a prayer, I get it. Lord, I need this, 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 and this, and I'll take two of those and three of these. Because you said, yes, I could have them. Oh, I'm sorry. In Jesus' name, ka-ching. That's not what it means. To the Hebrew mind, when you say in the name of Yahweh or in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, you are declaring His glory and all of His attributes. You are praying to His will and His purpose. Jesus is Jehovah's salvation. All the promises of God are open to us so that we would flood this planet with the glory of God. And it's not about you, it's about Him. I need the promises of God to declare His goodness. In my sickness, there are times where God uses it to bring glory to Him. In my weakness, God will put me in a place that I can bring glory to Him. I'm sorry, does that bother some of you? Just keep living, you'll get there. In my weakness, in my sorrow, in my brokenness, God's promises are still yes to us because in them we can still bring glory to God. Everything we do and live and breathe and, and move is to His what? Glory. That's what God said yes to. Glorify my Son. Yes! I've given Him a name that's above every name. I've exalted Him to the highest position so that you can amen to His name. So that all the promises I've asked to be poured out into the earth would glorify my Son. Does everybody understand the resurrection? It is to glorify the Son. You and I will rise from the dead like Jesus did and join Him around the throne to do something. What? Glorify the Son. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you're slave or free. Doesn't matter if you're male or female. Our lives are to glorify God and God has made every provision in His promises for us so that we would declare the so be it the amen to give glory to Jesus Christ. There's one thing about this gospel. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
It's Jesus. When you see something that's other than Jesus, when it's about somebody, when it's about something else, walk away from it. It's about Jesus and Christ alone. And I conclude with this. Ask for the band to come. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, Jesus said, I want you to write this. These are the words of the what? Oh, I'm sorry. These are the words of the the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Jesus says, I'm the amen. God said yes over Jesus. We say amen to the Lord and we are declaring Christ's glory. Every promise is open to us because Father wants His Son glorified. It's about Him. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ so that through Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Oh my goodness. There's only one reason we celebrate today. It's Jesus. He's the yes. He's the amen. He's the all in all. Have confidence. Have confidence that what you're asking for brings glory to Christ for every promise is there for us to glorify Him. Would you stand this morning? Would you confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior today?